everybody. Welcome to Tangents Only. I'm Rob. Well, you know who I am. You've listened to the other episodes, but if you haven't, if this is your first episode of Tangents Only, I am Rob Fiorandino. And I, if you have not been listening, am Louis Hout Prokop. Welcome to our new listeners and welcome to our tried and true fans are like like simon in steamboat springs mm-hmm. who brought us our our next our topic and i tell you what lewis i am very excited to talk about this topic it is it's one that i've actually thought about several times i'm sure you have too oh yeah it's one of those that i i've definitely heard this come up in conversation more than you'd think yeah and people are always asking me what i think about it and i know i'm sure it happens to you too Yep. So, so let's not leave the audience in suspense any longer. So what we are going to do uh, for y'all today, now you guys may know that I am a former uh, chairperson of the Columbia Heights Planning Commission uh, in Columbia Heights, Minnesota. So I know I kind of feel like I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get real legal here and, you know, go through all the, le- but we are going to walk you through the legal variance process to obtain a conditional use permit for your second story apartment kitchen wood burning brick oven today. And uh, now this is, of course, only a process that is applicable in the state of Minnesota, but with some small variances, it is also uh, applicable in Delaware. That's a good point. I. I do often forget the Delaware piece and it is important to, I think, reiterate Rob that we are walking folks through today. We are not providing legal advice. Uh, That is perhaps another podcast, which is not this one. Yeah. And, and also frankly, a larger retainer. Uh, Exactly. Yep. We would need a different kind of sponsors. Um, Right. There would be a lot of and law degree would be, would be helpful. That Although would not be necess- that's strictly not, necessary, I don't think, right? I, mean, I feel like there are so many gray areas when it comes to practicing law. It's like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been in situations where I've given legal advice up mm. to the point of it being actually legally binding. Like it's led someone down the path of getting where they need to go and then finding that lawyer they need, haha, on the path. Right. And then they're like, I know how to do this because Lewis said this thing. They're like, well, that's really sound advice. Of course, they're not going to endorse my advice. They're going to be like, and now my clock starts and you can start paying me. Sure. Do you find yourself in conversation often saying, I am not a lawyer, but blank? It's like my second hello these days. (laughs) Sure. I, Sure. I feel like, especially since the pandemic, I... Like I'm constantly on a Zoom call with you know friends and colleagues, and they'll just kind of like pull me aside afterwards. Like, mm. hey, that thing you said, I really want to know more about that. And like, well, I have to be clear, I am not a lawyer, right? But right. and then you know the conversation goes off, right? Of and course. I almost feel like, could I be a conssultant lawyer, right? Oh, this like, is good. Like Sherlock Holmes is a consulting detective, for exactly. Example. It's like you don't close the case, but you follow every lead until right. the point of basically getting your you know your 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 thing done or getting yeah. paid or having someone pay you right if it's a See, this, this does sound attractive i mean and it does you know i mean frankly it would save save a lot of time not having to actually go to law school for example it'd save a lot of time and i think it would also be great to like pick your own hours and you could like mm. you wouldn't have to find uh, you wouldn't have to like go work at a firm. You could just right. be like, here are my hours. I'm available between this and then. And like, 
you know, it, it just, it seems really loose, right? You just, and then also like reporting on your taxes. It's like, I did some consulting, big deal. Here's my yeah. dollar amount. And then it's done. And you're done. And, and it's really just like one line item taxes finished. Although I am not a tax attorney, but I feel like that is how it would go. I think so. You'd have some expenses on the side, perhaps. Um, um, I mean, I love nice pens, so I have to have like a small retainer in a sense. If I Mm -hmm. was doing this, I'd be like each week I'd have to have like, you know, I'm making up a number, $100 worth of potential pen purchases. Mm -hmm. You know, you lose one here, you give one to someone, you don't see it again. Like you're out of pen. And so you need to have that solid pen. I think that's a crucial seems, tool in seems a reasonable consultancy. To me. No, absolutely. I don't think, well, I mean, no one would deny that anyway. I mean, the, I other, should, nice, I the other nice benefit I think you'd get is you choose your own cases. You know, just like, yeah. I mean, if we, you know, just like Sherlock does, you know, he reads, he reads the strand newspaper every day and, but you know, people will sometimes, you know, leave secret messages for him in the classified ads and he'll read those. And, you know, I think that that's kind of a nice, way to to find new clients it's just it, it gives you all the choice it gives you the the satisfaction too of really knowing hey i'm an expert at this kind of legal advice even though i am not a lawyer um but i feel like i can i can respond in a classified ad in the strand magazine and and, and really do some good work that way i would love to see people who need my services like post and say, I'm looking for such and such. And yeah. then how lovely would it be to then be that person and get a phone call? It's like, Hey, I heard that you need X done. I got that yeah. resource for you. Let me tell you how this works. You know, we'll meet downtown. No, I don't have an office, but you know, the fountain we will meet, meet next yeah. to the fountain and uh, you know, we'll figure it out from that. We'll just work it out. Well, that's how you can, that's how you can keep your rates so affordable too, is by not having an office and by meeting by the fountain and, and, and bringing, I mean, aside from the small retainer for pens, you know, I mean, really providing a a service that is a good value. I mean, that's at the end of the day, I want to provide, I would want to provide good value to my clients because you want to keep the business growing, but not too much. No. And I would also want to keep my own time too. I want to, want to get too wrapped into it. I want to be able to get it out whenever I want. I yeah. wouldn't want to be like, I have to see this through. It's like, no, actually, this is as far as I can take it because mm-hmm. now we're actually approaching to the, the point where either I can't solve it, which is rare. Rare, I would assume. Or yeah. Yeah. I realize that it's approaching a level where a real lawyer would have to do something about it. Sure. Now, when you say a real lawyer, what is that? mean to you in your opinion well first of all they have to have an office i feel like it's the rule it's like you have to come to my office like they have that sentiment of like there is a door it's probably glass with their name etched into it you can't see through it there's a little bit of mystique but also like it's inviting in the same way Mm -hmm. um you know, kind of, you can't kind of, be... kind of like a, a like a like a you know Humphrey Bogart in when he was a you know f- um, oh definitely private investigator right I mean you'd go to that office you'd see that wood paneled door with the frosted glass and you know it'd say Philip Marlowe private investigator I mean that's the same kind of thing you really want to see in that in that legal setting I guess right it's right it should look like it's at home in a in an old 1940s Southern courthouse. 
absolutely you you're you're nailing the image here and you're you're and you're looking into the eyes of the you know, of the council here at the, they haven't been sleeping for who knows no, you know, no. 10 years maybe right you know they they have like they have like a, a, a short tie but it's like slightly undone who absolutely. knows like yep. how long they've been in those Top clothes button, unbuttoned a little you know, right like they have a family coat. but they don't see them like like yeah. they they they're working for they're working for their own clock and exactly. And they've got a, they've got a tumbler uh, on their desk and they pull the second drawer open and, you know, pull out that half drank whiskey bottle <laughs> at about yeah. two o'clock in the afternoon and pour themselves a little shot just to kind of get themselves through the rest of the day. That's exactly it. That's, That's they don't, have you, they don't have you ever thought stop. about moving to the South and just kind of living down there? So you could just do a lot of day drinking. It seems like it's more accepted down there. You know, I, I've started to hear ads on the radio where it's for like a local uh, distillery or something like that. And mm-hmm. they are actually putting in their own lines, like embrace the spirit of daytime drinking and, what? and join us on our patio. I, I, I heard this just, wow. I heard this on, um, I don't know, one of the local stations around National here, public I radio. It, I'm sure. Uh, it was, no, it wasn't that. It was it oh. was the it was the current. So oh, the current att- attached well, that's, to NPR. that's actually isn't that I believe that's owned by the same. It is Minnesota it Public is. Radio. Yes, as far uh, as we know. Not the I'm not a lawyer, but I believe that's what I've heard. That is no, that is correct. They are connected. Uh, yep. It is the the musical arm, the the modern esque musical arm. There's also, of course, the classical, and you know they occasionally have little spots where they mention who their sponsors are, and that was one of them. It's like they were talking about their patio and embrace the daytime drinking culture and come down to our patio or some degree of that language. Wow, it's like, ah, interesting. Huh. Well, you know, um, maybe you wouldn't have to go further south uh to to embrace the daytime drinking culture ah yeah it does it is alluring isn't it i guess you kind of get that at the ballpark too when you go see an afternoon baseball game and you know have your hot dog and a six pack of budweiser's (laughs) it's really embracing that daytime drinking culture embracing it at the ballpark where now you've probably spent like $80 yes. on your beverages. Oh yeah. The uh, ballpark is not the place to go. If you just want to, no. you know, kind of forget your troubles and, no. and, and embrace the daytime drinking culture. You can forget your troubles. You but can don't forget your wallet. That's right. Often you may embrace your, if you forget <laughs> your troubles. If you, if you embrace your, if you embrace the culture, you make it smacked on the noggin by a foul ball. You got to watch out for that. Oh yeah. I was always afraid of not getting hit by a ball when I would go to yeah. the games as a kid, but it was the bat. Like oh. every so often you would yeah. see a bat crack and just like whip into the, like you can't catch a bat. No. Like, and when those like things like, break, it's like there's like a sharp yes. knife edge. It's yes. like a vampire stabbing device. Exactly. At the end what of I was this imagining. thing. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's not like you're like, oh, here we go. We're going to hold our gloves up. It's like, oh shit, I got this stake coming at me. It's right. that was meant for Dracula. Right. And it's like people are packed together. It's like a very good chance someone gets hit, if not more than one, because if it ricochets, well, it's like, how do we not how we how we not solve this? I don't know. That's a good question. And I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people just get injured just from other people climbing, you know, reaching for the bat or trying to grab it. They're elbowing people out of the way or, you know, small children standing on their parents shoulders to try to catch a piece of equipment flying through the air. I mean, 
It's like that's a weird culture, too. I don't know that there's any other sports where pretty much any piece of equipment that flies into the stands (laughs) goes to the person who caught it. I mean, seriously, even a glove or a catcher's mask or bat or a ball. I mean, it's like I don't what other sport none that i can think of now i am not a lawyer but i would love to find a way to pass a law that at any sporting event, anything that comes out of the arena that the event has been playing in played in where the pedestrians have access to it now belongs to whoever gets it i'm sure it's like salvage rights right i mean it's like right it's, it's a genuine salvage here it's you know it's it's once it's in the stands it's free game I think it would also increase some of the activity of some of our, uh, how do I say this politely, uh, less uh, exuberant sports. So I oh, was, sure. I was, uh, I may have mentioned this in the podcast or not, but I don't remember. I was, I was a, 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 I was a very active swimmer. I went to a lot of right. swim meets as a kid. And, you know, if that, if you continue to be good enough, you go off to, you know, other, you know, events like that too. Like that would encourage, I would imagine the winner to like take off their, you know, their goggles and like flate it into the stands. Oh, like exactly. how amazing Whoa. would that be? You know? Okay. Like, yeah. Right now it's like you get to the end. There's like, <sighs> that's great. That's great. And the next one comes up. It's like, like well, come on. That what was 10 seconds. That's right. If, if you won, that's let's have event. a little show business here. Let's have a little, exactly. get the audience involved. Let's right. whoop it up. I mean, leave your clothes on, but anything else can, I mean, I don't want people taking their suits off, but no. hey, yeah, if you want to whip your guy, you know, if Michael Phelps wants to whip his goggles into the stands at the Olympics, that'd be fantastic. Right. And then, yeah. you know, some young 14 year old kid has a grabs those goggles and is inspired to right. become the next Olympic swimmer. I'm also thinking about golf. I'm not a huge golf fan, but I know you are, Rob. And imagine like golf. after yeah. after the, the the putt, the 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 putt on that hole that like sure. wins that hole. They're like they just toss the putter off. Like I how love amazing it. Would that be? And, whoa, hey, I got a putter. That's great. And, you you know, easily, and a lot of times balls will get struck into the crowds, right? Yes. And yeah. I think think how much more exciting it would be is instead of you know because right now if you know if if you hit a of slice and it goes into the the stands and it's still in bounds. Well, there may be people standing right there and they all scurry away. Like it's a cockroach or a, a mouse they're afraid of, but now it's like, no, they're diving after the ball. And then the, the golfer has to like, give me that ball. I'm still playing here. Right. And then you kind of get a little action, a little fisticuffs and a little, you know, a little excitement and drama into the game again. Or add this to the layer. It's the fans. They can't touch the ball once it hits the ground for uh-huh. up to a minute. So they can like stop the golfer from getting to it. But if the golfer can get to <laughs> the ball yeah. before the timer is up, like the and timer he is starts. A, and he is allowed to use his clubs to beat oh, people that's away. part of it, right? Yeah, right. Because right. so I mean, have all these, he should have the advantage. He is the golfer. You have all yeah. these pedestrians, like with, yeah. you know, their, their homemade wooden shield, shields right. and things to like yes. protect Yes, they're bringing themselves. their Renaissance Festival shields with them right. and yeah to protect I mean, can you imagine a golfer just like running towards a crowd like ah yeah i mean that would be i would be i would be into golf if i, I would could see that so watch that oh my god oh, that sounds yes. amazing right yeah this is what this is what sports needs frankly i mean it, it's just oh i love it um you know just i can just imagine you know like actually like football too would be great, you know, where you can actually somehow, cause I mean, football players are in pads and they are ready for, they're ready for anything. Right. So, I mean, I think we need to somehow 
get the fans more on the field more often so we can really see them. You know, it's like maybe you sell a few tickets, you know, that they, they, they can they can sit on in the center little circle of the 50 yard line. And, and, you know, like the players try to avoid that area if they can. But, you know, hey, it's show business. Every once in a while, somebody's just going to get their their drink smacked out of their hands by a 350 pound rushing linebacker. I've I love, been, you know, I've been thinking a lot about like there are, you know, obviously serious repercussions for people that play football and mm-hmm. later in life mm-hmm. have, you know, head injury Absolutely. situations that are terrible. And imagining like that we just run through some amazing athletes yeah. for a very short period of time and then they suffer for so long if right. they, very not not very likely, but it it, it happens. Well, what we're, we're, you're trying to say you're not a doctor, but I am not a doctor. Thank you. Thank you right. for that. Rob. Right. Not a yeah. doctor, but. What if we found a way to keep some of that excitement, but also find a way to mitigate some of the extreme harm so people know more what it actually is like instead of just appreciating people on the field? So I'm imagining like the besides the person who is carrying the ball. Mm -hmm. And, or kicking the ball or passing it to the person who's carrying it. The lines of people that are like just barging together. Yep. They're fans. They're oh, not players. I, I and so it. you would quickly realize how dangerous this was. And you'd mm-hmm. only be in it for so long just to keep the game moving. But you wouldn't have, of course, any of the padding. It would rotate yeah. like oh, well, every well, you know, every I, so often. Well, what I really love about this is then all of a sudden you're not just seeing football players injured. You know, right. it's kind of like everybody can get injured in this. And so it's not just the poor football players who we have to have 60 minutes pieces about and concussions and things like that. But hey, the fans can actually get concussions as well, kind of spread it around a little bit, make things more fair and, and interesting. I, I love this idea, frankly. I think it could have a lot of potential. Yeah. I think the ratings are going to be through the roof. I right, mean, who, especially who if you can see your that? neighbor, like your neighbor is uh, going to be on the line this week. Like I know they a signed up for it too. I know a particular neighbor that I would love to see that happen. To. <laughs> Wait, love to see successful? Or... That's, that's right. No, of course, I, I wouldn't <laughs> of course. wish anyone ill. I mean, no, uh, it's not. That's, that's right. not that's who right. I am, Lewis. Even though I am not a doctor, I or, would never. Um, wish, wouldn't or wouldn't uh, wish what? Ill. What is somebody that wants to see someone? Um, not do well. Uh, someone who is, uh, is um, a senator, not a senator, a senator. <laughs> or a uh, representative, uh, a politician, uh, <laughs> uh, or uh, I don't know, a, a notary public. Someone, sure. sure. Well, I'll be careful because my wife is a notary, but you know, some, too, some really good people. See, that's what I was about to say is there are some really good people who are notaries, and we got to be careful because. It's one of the most important positions in the public square. It, it is. And you bear witness. I, I've been. You a, are so in charge of truth. I've been a notary since I want to say 2012. Okay. Wow. 10 years. Give or take. Thank, first I, of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. I get a lot of that, but I appreciate it. It still means yep. a lot each time I hear it. Yep. I do have to say, though, every time I hear it, I kind of get this knot like in my chest. I'm like, thank you. But I wish, I wish the job could be a, a little less neutral. Huh? Interesting. So that's the thing. Like a notary can't tur- turn anyone away sure. short of their, uh, if they don't have the right paperwork or they can't present the right ID, or if yeah. you're concerned that they're not in their right mind, right. otherwise 
you just are basically a fax machine. Okay. Like you just take the numbers in and you do your thing and you give it a stamp and they're yeah. like, and, and the, oh my the goodness. people are kind of forgetting that, hey, you're a person, you have opinions, you have good ideas, you're right there. Why not use you as a resource? Exactly. Because the process to become a notary, you have to go through this whole background check and everything. They right. have to assume like you're an upstanding person and have nothing on your record, period. So like you are essentially a pure person in the environment that you're dealing with, but you right. might be dealing with things that are not fully meant to be, you know, completely pure, even if they are. So I'm just, do, do you have a, a specific outfit that you wear when you notarize things? I mean, like a, I don't know, maybe like a choir robe or a, you know, that's all white. Not quite that. Like that. I have a, um, I, I have a, uh, a pork pie hat that I wear. Oh, that's nice. Yep. Uh, nice little pork, pork pie, pie hat. I love pork pie hats. Um, I usually, uh, I always wear sunscreen no matter oh, where sure. it is. I just feel like it adds a little glisten. So it looks oh. like that. It, it feels like I'm going back to like the, you know, the private eye situation. It feels like I've sure. been up or I've been out in the environment because, right. you know, maybe I haven't. Maybe I've just it kind of gives you a little seasoning. Yes. I think that's what they want. They want right. someone, they, they don't want to just have it like, oh, you sign here. Cause it's literally just signing here and dating here. And then I give it a stamp and that's yeah, the whole yeah. process. But if they feel like there's a little bit more effort, like a little strain, I sure. feel like then they're going to take the thing more seriously. It's, they're going to walk I mean, away with it. Every part of life has a little show business in it. Right. I mean, and that's kind of what we're getting. I mean, what's at. the point if there isn't exactly. It's like, Hey, we're going to make this memorable. We're going to make this a little bit fun. Now, how so you have a stamp, right? So it stamps the yeah. thing out, and then it's got a place in the stamp. So your stamp is is like, what does the stamp say exactly? Does it have some verbiage on it? I mean, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. It's that's says, okay, but I mean, what I, I guess what I'm saying is you could you could flower that up a little bit, and you really kind of make it a bigger stamp with it's like a whole big paragraph long of maybe each one. Maybe it's like a fortune cookie. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, and really, you really come up with some five or six different ones. And then, you know, you've mm -hmm. got a place for your signature on that stamp and then, and then, you know, place for the date, of course. And then maybe like a little tic-tac-toe grid. So you could, you know, maybe play a game after you're done there. I mean, really kind of, I mean, I'm just spitballing oh, here, brainstorming, great. throwing spaghetti on the wall. But I mean, you know, something along those lines, I think. I would love to have a personalized tag that goes with it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. What would your tag be? I'd have to give it a lot more thought. Sure. Like the sure. first thought. Well, let's best workshop thought. something here. First yeah. Thoughts, I'm thinking first like, thoughts, best, thought, best thought. That's pretty good. Yeah. You know, don't fight fire with fire. Like that's don't the first fight thought. fire with fire. That's good. Or um, yeah. Don't fight fire with water. Don't fight water with fire. The other one I've thought about, but it's not mine, but I feel like I could still borrow it, would be yeah. only touch the fish once. The story behind oh, that okay. is I used to work with this guy who back when in his youth, so when I knew him, he was in his late 60s, early 70s, okay. approaching retirement. Sure. All these amazing stories. Worked on um, uh, a ship that would catch Alaskan cod, like out there sure. actually in the water, like pulling up the the nets and everything back in the 60s, no, back in like the 70s. Sure. And they had a rule because they had to be efficient because they're just pounds and pounds of these things. You have no time to really sort anything. The thing was, because they're literally passing each other in like a, a line of people, one fish at a time as they're moving it through off 
off the, the deck. The rule was only touch the fish once because if you're touching it more than once, you're not efficient. You have to move so quickly. So right. you got to a point where like, if you're taking any more time, like you're not useful in that situation. Well, you're doing the, that. You're doing the work of two people at that point, and you're taking twice <laughs> as much time, right? But you're still only taking up the space of one person. So you got to be more efficient than that. Only touch the fish once. Only touch the. So I think that would work really well as kind of a a business slogan or a, you know a mm-hmm. sub. You know, it's like. Lewis's signatures only touch the fish once. I think it also implies not only efficiency, uh, it also implies a little bit of health. As people mm-hmm. know, fish are generally in moderation, everything moderation, of course, of course. good for you in certain ways. Also, yeah. it could have a little sense of like, this could get slimy. Oh, Just a suppose, little yeah. bit of that like darker edge if you had to go that route. So there are like multiple angles you could take for it, which I think would or- expand my audience. Right. And or if you're preparing sushi, for example, you don't want to touch the fish that many times. You want to just keep it clean, you know, tidy. Don't let's not spread any extra bacteria around if we don't have to touch the fish once. Slice, slice, slice. There's your sushi. Do you do you do you eat a lot of sushi? I don't. I actually don't eat fish. So I see. So, So you really don't ever touch the fish at all. The only time I've ever touched a fish is when I worked in a restaurant years ago, and like we had a we had a salmon, we had an orange roughy. Sure. Um, so I'd prepare it, but I've never I've never actually had fish. So I've been a lifetime vegetarian, Wait, but I've you, never actually you've never eaten fish. I've never in your entire fish. life. Yeah, I've also never had wow. the, the only kind of meat that I've actually had a couple times by accident, and then like a couple times on purpose, just because why not? Uh, to my knowledge, is chicken. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So you, so you really only had chicken a couple of times and I have had chicken maybe twice today. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. I always uh. think about when I see like the sign for McDonald's that says like billions served and be like, I'm one of the few people that's not in that right. billions. Billions. Well, there are <laughs> 6 billion people. So, I mean, I would say more than half the earth has never had McDonald's. Mm. Let's hope. Mm. I think there's hope for humanity. I wonder if there's if that's actually true. a number on that. I wonder, I feel well, like there is, there has some... to be a number, but it, you know, whether that's knowable, is that a, is that a known unknown or an unknown? Known? I think that would be a great rebrand for them. They could have actually sure. like, Ooh. uh, instead of billions served to be like more than half the population of the world. <laughs> I love it. I think we need a McDonald's census. <laughs> now there's a great way to get a lot of people to take the census. Oh, no kidding. Right. You have, instead of, you just have them come to McDonald's, you say, all right, for every census you turn in, you get yourself a happy meal. Basically you would go down to, and again, I'm not a lawyer, but you'd no. go down to the type of business you are. And if you are a oh. certain size of business, you must run the census. And then it all compiles together wow. in some government system based sure. on what you report on as the kind of company you are. Well, and it is, in fact, the responsibility of the Department of Commerce to 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 facilitate the census, to conduct the census. And, you know, I mean, I think it they've got a lot of resources. Commerce is commerce seems big, right? I mean, you've got lots of so. that's like commercial activity. So I, I don't see any conflict of commercials. With that. I mean, if you got involved at least a couple of the major fast foods, right? Target, Best Buy, you basically cover the population of most populations. It's true. 
Yeah. And I think you definitely would want Kentucky fried chicken in there. That'd be one of them. Yep. Yep. And McDonald's, of course, as we discussed, what would be the, I think you need three restaurants. So we've got Kentucky fried chicken, McDonald's, and then I would, uh, even though it's not quite as popular anymore, they still are, I think, enough of them, especially out in very rural spots. Subway. Oh, Subway. Sure. You always find a Subway on the side of the yeah. road, no matter where you go, even if it's like you don't want to go there. Subways, are almost, as, in. subways are almost as popular as, as post offices, I would say. I think they should combine, honestly. If you have a, a struggling not post a office, idea. why not? You could go there, yeah. file, you know, file your taxes or mail sure. them off. And at the same time, they can be toasting a sub for you. It sounds like, you know, it actually sounds like a good way that the IRS could kind of get a little bit higher levels of compliance by just, you know, combining forces with, with your local subway. I mean, it seems like, like and then, you know, for the workers, like you'd get a free meal while you're right there. I wonder if you could combine, yeah, uh, the workers could actually also do your taxes if you needed a little bit of help, you know, or just some Mm -hmm. advice, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure they're not, you know, they're going to say that they're not tax attorneys, but you know, they're, but they still are there and they still have a lot of, you know, frankly, they have a lot of expertise with tax law and preparing sandwiches. And I think that that's only natural that they would kind of help somebody out if they needed a little help. It's That's only, really what it's all about, right? It's right. It's only helping. human nature to help people out in a jam yeah, and also, right. you know, sell them some food at the same time. You know, as one of my favorite, you know, quotes from Letterkenny, you know, is, you know, person asks for help, you help them, right? Or if Squirrely Dan was saying it, you help them. That's right. It's, it's something to live by. I think we think about it a lot, but we don't actually act on it because right. exactly. it's, you know, it's maybe out of our comfort zone or it, it requires a little more advice than we're usually comfortable giving, but mm. we could give enough to get someone where they need to go. Well, and I think that kind of brings us to the end of our episode today too. I mean, that, that is a great place to end is just the, yeah. ending with that spirit of giving, you know, helping people out if they need help. I think that that um, it's a beautiful place to be. And I'm, I'm glad we're here. We are in, you know, the, we are in spring in Minnesota, the spirit of giving yes. of regrowth. Exactly. Um, and more daylight. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, I am Rob Fiorentino. I am Lewis Hout Prokop. And uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode of Tangents Only. We'll see you next week. Good night.